1: A couple of days ago, we began our series called The Spirit-Filled Life. We are continuing our look at Galatians 5, verses 16 through 25. Join us for an encouraging look at what our lives are to look like in the Spirit. The Spirit-Filled Life. What does that look like? How do we live out a spirit-filled life? How do we attain the spirit? Is there a cessation of gifts? Do the gifts still exist? How do we live our lives according to scripture, especially as it relates to our lives in Christ by his spirit? These are questions we are answering in our series simply entitled The Spirit-Filled Life. Join us, Galatians 5, verses 16 through 25 from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. Here's Pastor Gary Wagner and this edition of Abounding Grace.
2: Christian is someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit, is enabled by him who is within him to keep from sinning so much so his life is not dominated by sin as in the poor unbeliever's life. The Spirit-filled person is still not perfect. He is far from what he should be, but he is far from what he used to be. Is that true of you? The third sign of the presence of the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit enables us to produce in our lives the Christ-like fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. This is a cluster of fruit. Remember? I pointed out last week that the word fruit here is singular. It is not fruits of the Spirit. It's like a cluster of fruit, like a cluster of grapes. All of these traits show up in the Christian life. These are virtues taken right out of Christ's humanity by the Holy Spirit and implanted into your life. And as He cultivates those virtues in your life, Some of them show up more conspicuously at times in some people than other people. But the point is, if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, there is going to be some measure of success in your life in manifesting a Christ-like behavior and attitude in this world. Not perfectly, but nevertheless, really, is that true of you? Every one of these fruit of the Spirit should be displayed in all of your lives. Every one of them. Now these are the signs that a person is living a Spirit-filled life. So today I want to answer the question, how can Christians control the lusts of the flesh, and how can Christians produce the fruit of the Spirit and live as Spirit-filled Christians should live? And the answer to that question is, We cannot. Such a life of resisting sin, controlling sinful impulses, producing Christ's own virtues in our lives, is totally impossible for the unbeliever. But it would also be impossible for the believer were it not for Jesus Christ and His Spirit within Him. Let's look at some texts that actually bear this out. Turn earlier in the book of Galatians to chapter 2, verse 20. Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and delivered himself up for me. It is my relationship with Jesus Christ through faith that has changed everything about me. It has changed my relationship with God. It has changed the way I live life. Not only am I identified with Him in the side of God, and therefore God justified me, but I am in a vital union with Him. And because of that union, I am so closely tied with Him, He, as I might say, rubs off on me. His likeness begins to rub off in my life. Everything I am, I am because of Christ, by the Spirit of Christ, who is at work in my life. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. You can't live the Spirit-filled life. You can't resist sinful impulses successfully. You can't produce the fruit of the Spirit in your life without Christ and the Holy Spirit. You can't do it by yourself. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30, says this. But of him, and that is by his doing, you are in Christ, and because you are in Christ, he became to you the wisdom of God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that just as it is written, let him boast, boast in the Lord. Everything that you are as Christians You are because of your relationship with Jesus Christ. And in him, you will have all you need to be accepted with God. Righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Righteousness is referring to the fact that the judge of heaven and earth has justified and declared us righteous on the basis of what Christ has done through faith in him. Sanctification is removal of that corruption that still remains within us by the power of the Spirit of Christ. Redemption is deliverance from the slavery of sin and everything else that would enslave us. And we have it all because and only because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now turn to a rather lengthy passage in Colossians chapter 3. Now, I'm reading several verses of chapter 3 because it is such an important chapter to help you and I understand that we cannot live life successfully, overcoming sin, dealing with temptation, producing Christ's righteousness in our lives without Christ and His Holy Spirit. Colossians 3, beginning in verse 1. If you have been raised with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind, and that is really your whole inner life, on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You see where he is starting now? He's about to give us some ethical counsel, some advice on how to live as Christians, And he does not start by simply giving us a law. He starts by reminding us who we are in our relationship with Christ. Because if we are not in a relationship with him, if our lives are not hidden with Christ in God, if we are not seated with him and in union with him, if that is not true of us, it will be impossible to live the kind of life Paul is about to describe. Verse 4, When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you will also be revealed with Him in glory. Therefore consider the members of your body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry that is because of your relationship with Christ and the power you now draw from that relationship, may all of these impulses and temptations that dominate people have the effect on you that they would have on a dead man. Question, is a dead man tempted with sexual lust by a beautiful woman that walks by his coffin? Is he tempted toward material gain by someone who comes along well-dressed with money just sticking out of his pockets, walking by his coffin? Of course not. He says, now because of the power of the relationship that you have with Christ, may all of these various tendencies that dominate other people have the effect on you that they have on a dead man. Let the coarse or harsh words of someone have the same effect on you that they would have on a dead man. Verse 6. For it is on account of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them you also once walked when you were living in them. But now you also, because of your relationship with Christ... Put them all aside or turned from them. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self or what you were before you were converted. It says you laid it aside. You turned from it. And it wasn't in your own strength. It was in the strength of that relationship you have with Christ. And you have put on, it says, the new self. You see, now you are living as the new person that you really are in Christ. Why? Because you are renewed by the Holy Spirit to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him, a renewal in which there is no distinction between Greek and Jew, circumcision and uncircumcision, barbarian and Scythian, slave and free man, But Christ is all and in all. You have put off the old way of living. You put on the new way of living because of what Christ has made of you by the virtue of your relationship with him. In other words, without Christ, without his spirit, we can do nothing pleasing to God at all. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us by his Holy Spirit working within us. So in verse 24 and 25 of our text, Galatians 5, God shows us, who are believers, how to get victory over sin in our lives and how to live freely for the Lord Jesus Christ and manifest in our lives those virtues that characterize Christ. In other words, in verses 24 and 25, he tells us how to live. The Spirit's filled life. So let's look at those two verses. Now, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Now, there is the way to victory over sinful desires and temptation. There is the way to live faithfully to the Lord, manifesting Christ-likeness in your life self-crucification, and walking in the Holy Spirit. So let's look at each of those. Verse 24. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. That is a very similar thing to something Jesus said in Mark 8.34. He said, if anyone wishes to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. There are the prerequisites for discipleship to the Lord Jesus Christ. He must follow Christ, and in following Christ, he must renounce himself and any love for himself and turn himself inside out and give his life intensely and fervently and wholeheartedly to Christ and to other people. And he must take up his cross, that is... The instrument of death. He must treat himself as a criminal. He must be hard on himself and constantly treat himself as a lawmaker, turning from the sin in his life and then live in obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. So Jesus says, if you're going to be my disciple, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Paul says that those who are disciples of Christ have experienced the transformation of being joined to Christ. And they are those who belong to him by faith. And because they belong to him, verse 24, because they are in union with him, they have crucified the flesh with its passions. They have denied themselves and taken up their crosses and followed him. Now, that verse is our response to Galatians 2.20 that tells us what God has done in reference to Christ. We are crucified with Christ. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Him. He lives His life through us. So because of that relationship, now we're able to do something we were never able to do before that relationship, and that is crucify the lust of the flesh. Kill them renounce them turn from them overcome them resist them but it presupposes our crucifying of the lust of the flesh it presupposes a previous and continual work of god's spirit in our lives that is because we are crucified with christ we crucify ourselves because the holy spirit has joined us with christ uh, with that union we have been transformed and now we have the power to respond accordingly The Holy Spirit has put to death the tyranny of sin, the depravity of that old nature, though elements still cling to us. And now in the power of that transformation, we are able to live consistently with what God has made us to be. Having crucified the flesh, now we are able to crucify it. We are able to say no to sin, We are able to turn from it. We are to put to death sin in our body. Turn with me to a passage I think will make this a little clearer. Turn with me to Romans chapter 6. This passage does two things it tells us what God has done in us by His Spirit because of our union with Jesus Christ in His death, burial, and resurrection. And then having told us what God has done in us as Christians by virtue of our union with Jesus Christ, he tells us what we can now do as Christians and what we must do now to live consistently day in and day out with what God has made us. Let's begin reading with verse one. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may increase? May it never be. How shall we who died to sin, still live in it. That is, at one time before we were converted, we were dead in sin. Now, because of our union with Christ, we've died to that tyranny, and now we are in a position where sin no longer can tell us what to do. How shall we, who died in sin, still live in it? Certainly we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old self was crucified with Christ in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin, for he who has died is freed from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we should also live with him, knowing that Christ Having been raised from the dead is never to die again. Death is no longer master over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. Now that is theology, beloved. That is doctrine. And it is essential to living the Christian life. This is the dynamic of the Christian life. If you don't understand this in some measure and constantly bring it before your mind, you will not be able to live the Christian life consistently. It is because of what happened to you in relationship to Jesus Christ that you are different from everyone else in the whole wide world. And were it not for your relationship with Jesus Christ, you would be the same as every other lost, corrupt person in this whole wide world. When Christ died on the cross, you were so closely joined to him that you died with him, so that in him all of your sins were punished and you were accepted with God. When he arose from the dead, you arose with him. And because of that relationship you have with Christ, the power of it has changed your life if you are truly a Christian. And you have died to the tyranny and the power of sin. And you have risen to a new kind of life. And that's the description of our new faith. You become a Christian not when you made a decision to do so. But you became a Christian when the effects of the union of the Lord Jesus Christ in his death and resurrection 2,000 years ago were felt and experienced and brought and applied to your life by the Holy Spirit. And you died to sin's tyranny. And you arose to a brand new kind of life. A life in which you no longer are held down by the chains that once held you down a new life now where you are no longer dead in sin, but you are dead to sin. You are now alive to God. And it's all because of your relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit applied all of that to your life. Now, because that is true of you, because you have died to the tyranny of sin and arisen to a new powerful kind of life, Notice what the command is to you and me in verses 11 and 12 of Romans 6. Even so, consider yourself to be dead to sin but alive to God in Christ. That is, understand what God has said is true of you and then live in the power of it as God has said that He has done something in your life. You're a believer. That is proof He has done something in your life and therefore understand what he has done to you. He has caused you to be dead to the tyranny of sin, to the flesh, to the sinful impulses, sinful desires, and you have been made alive in God, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe that, beloved. Seek to understand it and live in the power of it, because without that experience, you have no power to live a moral life. And then having considered yourselves dead to sin and alive to God, believing what God has said about you as true and living in the power of it. Verse 12. Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts. And do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of of unrighteousness. But present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. In other words... Now live in a way that is consistent with what you are, with what God has made you. If God has made you dead to the tyranny of sin, live like someone who was free from the tyranny of sin. And don't let sinful desires and sinful appetites and sinful habits and sinful impulses enslave you again. And since you're alive to the God that you once hated, Live as if you are alive to God. In other words, serve Him. Present your bodies every day of your life as a living sacrifice to Him, saying, use me, God. Make me your instrument. Make me a weapon of righteousness. Help me to be obedient to you. So you see, the point here is, because of what Christ has done in your life by virtue of your union with Him, In the power of the Holy Spirit, you have the power now to live consistently with God, with what God said is true of you. And if the old man has been crucified and you have been set free from his power, then you will crucify sinful habits, sinful drives, the lust of the flesh, and live like a new man and a new woman who has been freed from the power of sin. There's no excuse, my friends, if you do not, because we are the new creatures in Christ with the power to say no.
1: Well, that's all the time we have. This has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner, the ministry of Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. It is our goal and desire that you would abound in grace through the preaching and teaching of God's Word.